You are a Locked On Braves postcast, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, your team every day. And hello and welcome into the Braves postcast, part of the all-new Locked On Sports Atlanta. Grant McCauley, Jake Mastriani with you following a three-game weekend series for the Atlanta Braves. It didn't end with a series victory. It ended with a series sweep. And that has taken a little bit of time for the Braves to finish off one of those. And who better than Austin Riley to make it all happen? We've got a lot to talk about from this weekend, of course. Get you set for what is going to be a pivotal part of the Braves schedule coming up. And a little thing called the trade deadline, which is right around the corner as well. We'll get to all of that. I want to remind you to subscribe to Locked On Sports Atlanta right here on YouTube. Make sure you enable alerts and make sure you subscribe to Locked On Braves wherever you get your podcast. Uh, Jake, it was a great Sunday at the ballpark. As a matter of fact, it was a great weekend because the Braves did something that they had trouble all month doing, and that's finishing off a series sweep. And they got the Diamondbacks by a one nothing final score with what I think is the National League's Player of the Month doing the honors. Yeah, I thought that was a great way to cap off the month of July. What better way to cap off the month of July than Riley with a walk-off? But yeah, it still wasn't pretty in a day game and a series finale, but you get the win. That's all that really matters. Offense still kind of struggling. But again, uh, it was a win. It's one of those TCB weekends taking care of business, uh, exactly what the Braves needed to do here. Yeah, we got to get that trending. And as a matter of fact, (laughs) if the Braves keep winning series, and I've said this on a couple of other shows I've been on the past week or so, it's hard to quibble with winning series after series after series. but you might be shocked to know that the Braves have been in position to sweep seven series since June the 30th. They finally were able to sweep one of those seven on Sunday. That's the kind of zany stat that baseball throws at you sometimes that you just have to go back and check the numbers and see, is this in fact real? And for the Braves, it is. The good thing was, if they were in position for a sweep, they were in position to win series. They've done that. Let's jump into Sunday and talk a little bit about what was a good weekend for the Braves on the mound, most certainly. Game number 103, was the finale against the Arizona Diamondbacks, who dropped to 45-56 and 56 on the season. They were shut out on four hits, no errors, five men left aboard. Braves 62-41 and 41 now, 21 games over 500. Run on five hits, no errors, five men left aboard. It was Austin Riley scoring Matt Olson from first base. I thought he might mm-hmm. still be running at this point, but Matt Olson made it happen, slid across with a game-winning run. Kinley Jansen picked up the victory with a scoreless ninth. He's 5-0. Mark Melanson, our old friend, takes a loss, drops to 3-9 and nine on the year. No save in a game that lasted two hours, 52 minutes. Crowd of 39,005 on hand to see it. And I talked about how well pitched these games were this weekend. It was Max Fried's turn on Sunday, Jake, and he did not disappoint. He did not. And yeah, you're right. The starting pitching all weekend was fantastic. Ian Anderson, when he needed it most, had maybe his best outing of the year. But Sunday was certainly Max Freed. I thought he was, I mean, he was near perfect through the first four innings. Had that walk to tell Marte. I mean, he completely breezed through those innings. I hate to say the word struggle is not necessarily he struggled the last three innings, but it just wasn't as easy as those first four innings that we saw. But still, the ace that he is, you know, battled through, especially that sixth inning, two on, nobody out. You know, got out of that inning, got the double play in the seventh. You know, Snicker going to leave him back out out there to finish off the seventh, getting a pop out to get out of it. So I loved everything, obviously, from Max Freed. I mean, he is the ace. We know this. We've talked about it all year long. Uh, And, you know, on a a day where offense is struggling and they've struggled in day games especially, you know, he gives them seven shutout innings, gives them a chance to win the game, and ultimately they do. Yeah, he absolutely did. You might be wondering, I mean, how long is it going to take the Braves to win a day game? Well, they've actually won 16 day games this year. It just doesn't feel like they've won too many of them lately. But 
if you were looking at the offense and thinking one of these things doesn't add up in terms of what we see at night and what we see during the day, the Braves offense averages just over five runs per game in night games. It averages right around four runs per game in day games. So there is a very notable difference, but that one run the Braves were able to get came courtesy of Austin Riley. And this, Jake, was, I mean, we could spend the next hour probably talking about the crazy statistical accomplishments of Austin Riley in the last calendar month, but two for four, two doubles, that gives him 26 extra base hits. That is the most ever by a Braves player in the 151-year franchise history in a single calendar month, passing Hank Aaron, who set the record of 25 back in 1961. And Jake, I, I, I always come back to this. If you find yourself on a list with Hank Aaron for something you've done at the plate, you are on the right list. Yeah, absolutely. And something I thought was cool to me, too, is that he had 44 hits mm -hmm. in the month of July. So that's pretty cool as well. And uh, that was what, you know, all these are so impressive. But that 44 hits in a month and 26 games, you had the all-star break in there as well. His previous career high was 39 hits he had last August. Uh, he also had 32 last September, September to tell you how hot he was at the end of last year. Uh, but his previous high this year was 27. So he he really outdid it himself in this month. 44 hits, 15 doubles, 11 home runs. I mean, the only thing that caught my eye, seven walks. Why are pitchers still pitching to him is what I can't figure out at this point. But I'm glad they are. I'm glad they did on Sunday uh, because he's able to come through and get the walk-off hit. Now, Merrill Kelly threw a great game for the Diamondbacks on Sunday with seven shutout innings of his own. Asked about Austin Riley after the game, he said, I think this is the best right-handed hitter in baseball. So that's some pretty high praise. And, you know, no one's having much fun trying to get Austin Riley out. Merrill Kelly did an okay job of it on this day, but very nearly gave up a solo home run that first time up for Austin. He did settle for a double, but runs were hard to come by. But hits and extra base hits, not hard to come by for Austin Riley over the course of the month. And it's also worth noting, and how appropriate it was, the two men who did all of the damage in Sunday's game, and I say damage kind of loosely, Matt Olson got it started with a single in the ninth inning, scores on the Riley double. Matt Olson was also enjoying one of his best months as an Atlanta Brave. Nine home runs for him, and he led all of baseball with 25 runs knocked in, Jake. Yeah, I mean, he's look, those two, those two right there, the three, four spots in the order have been huge. We know Ronald hasn't been getting on base a ton at the top. Dansby obviously still continues to. So they're having plenty of run scoring opportunities. And Matt Olson, I mean, the home runs are starting to come. We saw earlier in the year, he's getting all those doubles. And I had people, you know, in my mentions asking me, where is all this home run power from Matt Olson? Eventually, you knew those doubles were going to turn into home runs. And that's what we're starting to see. That is most certainly what we're starting to see. So the Braves have themselves a series sweep over the Diamondbacks. There was some great pitching. There was some timely hitting. It all added up to three wins and three tries. And now they have a pretty daunting portion of their schedule ahead. And it's going to include a couple of games against the Phillies and a big five-game series against the New York Mets. But oh, by the way, we've got the trade deadline to talk about. But not before I tell you about Coffee AM, which is a small Atlanta base or which is an Atlanta based small batch coffee roaster. If you go to coffeeam.com slash locked on today, take a look at their full menu coffees, teas, gift sets. You'll find something for you. That's coffeeam.com slash locked on. And if you use our code locked on to check out, you'll get 15% off of your entire order. That's Coffee AM, the best small batch coffee roaster in America. Now, the Braves do have a series against the Phillies, which will start after the off day on Monday. We'll preview that in a moment. But, Jake, we all know what Tuesday is going to be, not just as the Braves will welcome another NL East rival to Truist Park and wrap up this homestand, but it is the trade deadline. It's 6 p.m. on Tuesday, August the 2nd, pushed back because of the lockout. So, 
We could spend a very long time talking about trades. I know you've already done it for Locked On Braves. I know I've done it a couple of different places as well. So let me pose to you this question. It's a fill-in-the-blank variety. Then maybe give me a name that you've got top of mind for the Braves. The trade deadline is Tuesday. The Braves will make blank trades. Three. I'm going to say they make make three at least three trades. Um, I, I think I'll just go position. I think outfielder. I think you got to find another outfielder. I think you find a, a, a bullpen piece. And then I think you still find a back of the rotation piece as well. So um, Ian Happ's obviously at the top of my list in terms of bats. I think he fills a lot of needs, gets on base, switch hitter, you know, can play corner outfield positions, you know, any type of right-handed reliever. Uh, and then really just, you know, whether it's Jose Quintana, Noah Syndergaard, somebody kind of in that fourth, fifth spot in the rotation, I would be happy with. So I'm going to say he may, Alex makes three trades. It's probably going to be guys nobody's thought of or heard of, and they'll probably be all be great moves, but I'm going to say three. All right. Well, you've definitely been looking over my shoulder at my paper because I believe it'll be three <laughs> as well. And I'm pretty much in lockstep with you. We all know the positions of need that they have. I've been looking out to Oakland though, and Ramon Laureano, because this is a kind of player that's under control for, I believe a couple of more seasons, not a free agent until after the 2025 season. So if you can get a controllable piece, you probably wouldn't mind giving up some prospects. Loriano's young. He's got power. He plays defense. He runs the base as well. Those are all things that would be, you know, check marks that I would like to have in the mix for an outfield position or an outfield spot over the next couple of three years. And that might be a deal that they would do. I've also been looking inside the Tigers bullpen, and I really like Joe Jimenez. I think that this is a guy that has really bounced back this year and might be somebody worth giving a look if you're looking for a right-handed power reliever with a lot of strikeouts. I know we got Kirby Yates on the way back, but I still think that going out and getting somebody who's kind of had the season to, to get themselves right and get themselves going and really enjoying a bounce-back year, I think Jimenez would be a nice add for the Braves. But as we all know, Alex Anthopoulos works in secret, and we usually find out when the team breaks its own news. So we will, once again, I'm sure, be just scrolling, 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 and refreshing Twitter to figure out when exactly these deals go down and how many the Braves do. But I think I agree with you. I think three trades is probably the most likely outcome for Alex Anthopoulos and the Braves by Tuesday at 6 p.m. A reminder to make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com. As Locked On Sports listeners get a $50 off a purchase of $500 or more. This podcast exclusive includes engagement pieces. Use the code Locked On. That is code Locked On. Every order is insured, ships free, and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. You can shop stress free and find your forever piece at BlueNile.com today. Now, as I mentioned to you, the Braves finally finished off a series sweep, three games against the Arizona Diamondbacks. That's the good news. The Mets, meanwhile, have a six-game winning streak going, and they are up by three games on the Atlanta Braves as they really just made short work of the Miami Marlins over the weekend. Braves have an off day on Monday. Then they've got a quick two-game set against the Philadelphia Phillies on Tuesday night at Spencer Strider, 5-3 and three against Nick Nelson. He's 3-1. and one. He'll be on the mound for the Phillies. We're slated to see Zach Wheeler in the second game of the series as he'll battle Charlie Morton. Now, what do you look for in this quick two-game set against the Phillies? I mean, if you're the Braves, you got to do what you can against every NL East opponent, every chance that you get, right? Yeah, and a little bit of revenge. Obviously, the Phillies winning that series over the Braves the last time these two met up. I thought the Braves had an opportunity to kind of, you know, bury them even further in the NL East standings, kind of put that out of their mind, which I think it should be. But mm -hmm. uh, I think it's a chance, you know, to win a couple of games and maybe kind of push them down, hopefully make a little bit more separation because there is still that wild card thing. Everybody's looking at the division as we should, but the Braves are top the wild card mm -hmm. standings right now, and the, the Phillies are in that mix. So, 
create a little bit more separation there and hopefully just continue to discourage the Phillies uh, who are on a bit of a run since that series win against the Braves went out and swept the Pirates. So they got a little bit of life right now. They're feeling kind of good about themselves. So hopefully the Braves can humble them. Yeah, and I think we might find out what the Phillies feel about their chances of that wild card because they're another club that can look to do some buying before the trade deadline on Tuesday, and we'll pretty much know immediately because the Phillies will be right in town at Truist Park as they open up that two-game series against the Braves. And then, of course, we know it's five games in four days against the New York Mets. No off day on Thursday. It's Thursday through Sunday with a double header on Saturday. And, oh, by the way, that man is back for the Mets. He makes his season debut on Tuesday, and that man, of course, is Jacob deGrom. So things are about to heat up in the National League East. We got the trade deadline. We got the return of Jacob deGrom. We got the Braves playing at a, a clip that has them with a the fifth best record in all of baseball, but they're still trying to chase down the Mets. So a lot of great baseball is ahead of us, and we hope you'll be along for the ride with us right here on the Braves postcast as part of the all-new Locked On Sports Atlanta. Make sure you subscribe here on YouTube, and make sure you subscribe to Locked On Braves wherever you get your podcasts. That'll wrap us up for the weekend. It was a good one for the Braves. A 1-0 win in walk-off fashion thanks to Austin Riley's heroics on Sunday. That sends us into the off day with a trade deadline waiting on Tuesday. Jake, I look forward to chopping that up with you when we come back for the Phillies series.